The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. My brother shared with me that he was once in London for a Shabbaton, and he was in a shul, and there was an elderly man sitting in the front row of the shul. And you know, sometimes elderly people are annoyed with children. But this Jew was exact opposite. Every kid who came running by him, he would stop him, he would call him over, he would give him a hug, he would give him a kiss, and he would tell the kid, the boy or the girl, I love you. And this happened throughout the whole services. And my brother was quite astounded with this custom. Where did he get this custom from? So he asked him about it. And the man shared with him an incredible personal tale. He said when he was a, a youngster, he was from Poland. He lost his entire family in the war. Entire family. He himself survived. He was very bitter. He was very angry. He was very hurt, of course. He had nobody. He was angry at the Germans. He was angry at the world. He was angry at Britain and America. He was angry at the Jewish people. He was angry, of course, at God. He was just so angry. And he made a vow he would never marry and he would never bring children to a world that is so evil and to a world that can behave this way towards a nation. He would never want his children to grow up at the risk of experiencing what he experienced. And he lived a single life in Britain, bitter, resentful, despondent and angry and alone. And once he was making a business trip to New York, I think it was the late 50s, and somebody suggested that when he's in New York, in Brooklyn, he goes and pays a visit to a rabbi, who they said is a rabbi who himself is a survivor of the Holocaust, lost many family members in the Holocaust, and somebody who is a very intelligent, bright, clever, and sensitive human being. What can he lose? He makes an appointment with Rabbi Schneerson, a young Lubavitcher Rebbe, at his headquarters in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, New York. He walks into the Rebbe's room, and he says he felt, he felt so at ease. There was something very accepting in that room, non-judgmental, very loving. The Rebbe asked him to sit down and to share with him his story. And he shared his story of well, everything he's been through. As you know, many survivors didn't cry because they knew that once they opened the faucet of tears, they would never be able to close it. They kept things inside, often for many, many years, sometimes for their entire life. This was the first time he opened his faucet, he cried, he wept. And the Rebbe cried with him. And he told the Rebbe about his vow, his anger, his resentment, his inability to come to terms with what he lost. Lubavitcher Rebbe looked at him and said, Did anything survive? Did anything survive? He said, Nothing. I don't even have the pictures of my mother, my father, my brothers, my sisters, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins. Not even the pictures. Decimated completely. Nothing survived? Nothing. The Rebbe said, But what about your love to them? Did that survive? He said, yeah, that's the only thing that survived, my love to them. So the Rebbe looked at him with tremendous compassion, and he said, and that's what I'm concerned about, because if you remain onto yourself, if you continue to live a completely secluded life, that love will remain in your heart alone, and ultimately, the only last remnant that the Germans could not take away from you and from your family, which was your love to them, will also be lost. 
So here is my suggestion. Go back to Britain. Find a nice Jewish young woman. Get married. Have a lot of children. And give them all the love that your mom and your dad and your siblings gave you and you gave them. Tell your children how much you love them and give them, give them all that affection, all those feelings, all those emotions of love that you received from your family. Pass it on to them. And what is more, he says, I'll tell you, when you meet a Jewish child, tell them that you love them. Tell the Jewish child you love them. Give them that love and that way, that love that you have to your family, not only will it not be destroyed, it will spread and spread and spread. He looked at the Rebbe. He says, Rabbi Schneerson, you're right. Have a good night. He left the room. He returned to Britain. He got married. He took, looks at my brother. He says, it's been decades now, decades. And I sit in shul and every boy and girl that walks by, I give them a hug. I give them a kiss. And I tell them how much I love them. I give them a piece of my sister's love, my brother's love, my mother's love. My father's love. It was unique. It was unique. But the Rebbe felt that in our generation, we cannot afford to behave and to live life in any other way, but to live a life of absolute unconditional love to every Jew and not conditional or dependent upon making them more religious. It's not like love them so that they could be more religious. And if not, eh, no. Love ought to be unconditional because he or she is Jewish without strings attached. And the greatest celebration opportunity is to be there for them physically, materially, psychologically, and emotionally. Of course, when you love somebody, you want to introduce them to that which you feel is so sacred and so powerful, namely Yiddishkeit. But that's not the condition upon which the love is based. And in this sense, the Holocaust for the Rebbe challenged us to introduce and internalize a new type of collective responsibility, a new feeling of responsibility and community, not just to our own, but literally to every single Jew. And never say, this Jew is not deserving of our love. This Jew is too small. This Jew is insignificant. This community is too remote. The love must be unconditional, and the love must include every single Jew, and not for any ulterior motives but simply for the fact that they're being, that they are Jewish, just like they were hated for no ulterior motive, that they're too religious or too holy. The very Jewishness is what inspired such hate. Their very Jewishness is what should inspire us to such love, to such affection. Will we say that they hate every Jew and we're not going to love every Jew? Will we say they hated even the smallest Jew and we're not going to love even the smallest Jew? Will we allow ourselves to think that there was no community too remote for him to pursue at the costs of his own war efforts. He took money and resources just to get the Jewish people. Will we say that one community is too remote for our unconditional love and embrace? Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.